for joining me on another episode of the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Woo, always a lot going on guys. I hope everything's good with you. I wanted to just start off by with rather a heartbreaking story. Like literally my heart is broken. I don't know if you guys have heard, but <sighs> Niecy Nash got married on me. I am still in shock. I am trying to recover. You guys don't understand. I have been like obsessed, not obsessed, like crazy, but I have been, had a crush on Niecy Nash for years since Clean House. Actually, when um, I was with one of my exes like a year ago, um, you know, we were just talking about our crushes and if we had that's what it was if we had a past what celebrity and Niecy Nash was the very first person that I mentioned I have been such a fan of hers I think she's hilarious I think she is beautiful she just has this really cool charisma about her um just dope as hell like so that I'm not gonna lie like my heart was kind of hurt like I was a little affected by that I'm like damn I didn't even know I had a shot. Like, not saying I had a shot, but theoretically, I didn't know I theoretically had a shot. Like, I'm super upset about that, but happy for her at the same time. Um, Definitely a cute match. Um, They're a very cute looking couple. I have no idea who the woman is that she married. Apparently, she is in the entertainment industry. She kind of looks familiar. She looks like the girl that is in... Um, there's a oh uh there's a lesbian show that the same person that directs the shy um she has a lesbian show on uh on the same I think Showtime or HBO. Anyway, she's in the entertainment film. Super happy for you kind of sort of not really, but we're going to say I'm happy. Um that was definitely <sighs> broke my heart. But um, damn, like, yo, come out, come out, let us know that you play, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, why I gotta see a news announcement to know that you play, like, come on, come out, people, like, the, that is over, that is over, if you can't speak your truth in 2020, um, there's never gonna be a time you'll be able to speak your truth, um, just be yourself, I know in some people's situations, it's literally not possible, so not trying to down anybody or not trying to criticize anybody but if you if it's just you're scared but um you know there's no detriment to you really just do it you know you would be surprised you would really be surprised and just the relief I don't know if she's been bisexual for a while or any of that um but come out and let the girls know that you down you know what I'm saying so, um, what else is going on in current events? Did anybody see the Monica and Brandy versus? Y'all know I listen, you know, you know I love the franchise versus. 
it's now on Apple, I believe. They're, um, I know that they're now being distributed in a bunch of different um, areas, which is dope. Like this thing was started by Swiss Beats and Timbaland. And this just goes to show that where you have an idea, just float it, just try it. These guys didn't have any big backing. Yeah, they got bread, they got money. You know what I mean? Um, but they didn't know if that was going to succeed or they. there's no way they could have known that we have um oh patty labelle versus somebody gladys knight that's who it is patty labelle and gladys knight do you think that swiss beats and timbaland knew that this thing would grow so much that they would have legends like patty labelle and gladys knight hell no you y'all better be y'all better be getting y'all ideas out there who cares if it fails? How many times have you seen an invention and been like, damn, I invented that shit in like eighth grade. I literally invented the Kindle. Seriously. I have, I feel like I probably still have uh, my little synopsis of my business plan. We had to do business plans in, uh, I believe it was like my freshman year um, on a product. And um Oh no, I'm sorry. It was in high school. We had a uh, a contest and um, I ended up doing the project that my, my partner wanted to do the project. It was like a golfing thing where you could turn lights on and stuff. But my original idea was to have, um, to have like a replica of a tablet looking thing. It was basically the size of a book, but it was electronic. And I got the idea from that movie Big. Remember that comic he had? And you could change the, you know, it, actually it was a video game. You could change the outcome. I was like, what if you could have all of your books on one device, all your classwork, all of that stuff on one device. So that was my, I, listen, I definitely believe I invented the Kindle, but that's all right. Cause I have plenty more ideas to come, but that just goes to show you where you have an idea, there's something there, do something with that. A lot of good shows are coming out. Um, I have definitely been watching a lot more television than I have in the past, um, just because things are starting to slow down a little more in terms of, you know, I think everybody's kind of comfortable with COVID at this point. Everyone kind of figured out their little routines and the ways in which they're going to stay safe. Um, prior to that, it was all news. Like I was watching news all the time, which was terrible. And that's why I was telling you guys, stop watching the news because it's shit. <laughs> I can't sleep. Um, but yeah, a lot of good shows coming out. Power, that chapter two with, uh, Mary J. Blige is coming out, uh, or has, I believe they may have even started like episode one and two. Um, let me know what y'all think about that. I, listen, Y'all know I saves my coins. I, a sister likes to save her coins. So we will not be purchasing stars or any additional packages on cable because why? No. Um, if I can't stream it, I will get it when I get it. Most things end up online anyway. And that would be my suggestion to y'all. If you paying a $300 cable bill, boo. There is no way in hell. You paying $300 in cable. You better cut that cable to the bare minimum and get Netflix and, you know, Hulu and all that stuff. You'll still come out cheaper. Anyway, Power Chapter 2, I think it's called, or Power 
um, book two, something like that. The Shy is coming back, which I know a lot of people were wondering if that show was actually going to be coming back. Congratulations, Lena. Um, that show's coming back, but the show that I want to tell you guys about is called P Valley. Yo, if you have not seen this show, you need to see it. If you like ratchet television, but good acting, this has got it. If you liked Pose, this is totally different, but in that same vein of keeping it real and telling very real stories that we have not seen on television. So P Valley comes on uh stars. Um, I had to hack into somebody's, you know, profile to kind of check it out. Actually, I think I've seen three episodes so far. So good. It is about a strip club that's in the middle of the hood and, um, you know, the different strippers lives. Everybody kind of has like a story. The owner of the strip club is a, um, is a gay man, but he does like dress, um, like a woman sometimes. Obviously he's in that industry. Um, and brother looks flawless. When I saw him in a suit for the first time, I was like, oh, um, but very, very cool show. Um, I haven't finished watching it, but definitely recommend it. That one was good. It caught my attention. I'm like, damn, I haven't heard about this. Is anybody else watching this? P Valley on stars, check it out. So, um, this episode, we are going to discuss addiction but before we do that, I just kind of want to touch base on a couple of things, a couple of other things happening in the news. I had a very, very interesting conversation with several folks um, just in the past couple of weeks. I've been doing a lot of outreach, um, working with nonprofits, really getting in the community and, um, you know, getting in where I'm fitting in. Um, I'm learning about the different things that are happening. It's a lot to catch up on. But I wanted to make an impact in my own way, so I've been dedicating a certain amount of time to do that type of work. Um, one of the things that came out up in one of my discussions was these BLM anti-protesters. And um, somebody was basically saying, well, you can't blame Trump for what everyone else does. My problem with that is I don't blame Trump for everything. I think Trump encourages the wrong type of behavior. A peaceful protest is just that. Anti-protesters are not needed. And if they are there, keep that same energy as the protesters. Um, nobody's showing up with guns. And people are driving states and states with the excuse they, they got their Trump flags and all of that. So while you want to say it's not his fault, his fault, he is the face of it. They, they're wearing his, you know, they're saying that they're doing this in the name of Trump. And he has emboldened these people. So these people are driving states and states um, to meet up at these rallies. They come in groups and they're, you know, ammoed up. They got AK-47s, um, they have, you know, these big, big rifles, pistols, all of that. The crazy thing about it, some of these people who have actually showed up to protest um, are government officials. So um, I say that to say this. You have to understand that this nothing that is happening right now is truly brand new. If you do your research and look at history, 
when kids were walking into schools as they were being desegregated, there were people on the side at a school, at a school, people on the left side, on the right side, spitting on children, throwing things at children, threatening the lives of children, principals and teachers, and anybody that was basically saying enough is enough, everybody deserves an education. The more educated our entire population is, the stronger we are as a country because then we have more empowered people. So that means we have more people starting businesses. We have more people being doctors and lawyers and college professors and things like that. Um, what is the, what do we get from having a population of people who are homeless, who are jobless, who are living on the fringe? No, it creates crime and it creates scenarios that we do not want. So, but I'm saying that because there have always been anti-protesters. They have always been this disgustingly violent. Um, And the reality is they're dying out. You can do all this, but you are a dying breed. That's why all this change scares them so much. They know that this country is turning black and brown. This country is turning into a black and brown country, as is the rest of the world. The rest of the world is becoming black and brown. Let me explain something to you. If you if you know anything about the history of slavery, a person was considered black with one drop of blood. That was their rule, not ours. One drop of black blood makes you black. Well, according to your rules, there's only a certain amount of time until you're extinct. Dead at. Like there's only a certain amount of time until you are extinct. Brown also is Asian. There's billions of Asians in the uh, in the world. So in terms of population growth, Caucasians are not ever going to be able to reverse the effects of the racism. One drop of black blood, that means that eventually you will be extinct. And, um, you know, that scares a lot of people. I don't know why it scares people, because what are you so afraid of, of your skin being a different tone? Unless you treat people with that skin tone like shit, and you don't want to be treated like shit, which means you know racism exists. But, anywho, um, it's just, it's so obvious to me that There's a huge population of people that do not want to see disenfranchised people doing well. There's people that don't want to see people who are homeless get homes. They don't want to see people who commit crimes and get convicted of crimes to actually be reformed. How does that help me if I own a prison? If I'm on the board or if I have shares or a stock of a prison company, I want those beds to be filled to the max. So that's why we criminalize stuff like being a loitering. 
Loitering is a crime, which means you're standing somewhere you're not supposed to stand. Doesn't mean you have a weapon. Doesn't mean you're trying to hurt anybody. Doesn't mean you're doing anything. It just means you don't belong here. They criminalize that. But when we had the housing market and a whole bunch of people lost their houses because they were tricked into getting into loans that they should have never been approved for, did any of those people go to jail? And that, let me ask you, when do you ever hear about people going to jail when pharmaceutical companies release drugs and then people have cancer a couple years later because they didn't tell you about the side effects or they didn't do all their due diligence before giving you the drug so that they can know what the long-term side effects are? You see those commercials just like I do. If you took Zirazafan, call blah, 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 blah. Because now we realize that it causes da-da-da-da-da. If you had irritable bowels or bleeding in your da-da-da-da-da, you qualify for da-da-da-da-da. We see those commercials all the time. Do those people go to jail? No. So it's funny how this our system criminalizes certain people but doesn't criminalize other people. You mean to tell me that you released a drug that kills people? Kills people, bro. Or gives them these long-term effects that they'll have for the rest of their life. And that's worse than somebody loitering? Or that's worse than someone robbing or stealing a book bag or a bike? That's worse than that? How? How? When you have money and you're guilty, you are way better off than if you are innocent and poor. You could be innocent and poor all day. They're burying you under the jail. And it's going to take an extraordinary amount of effort and usually help from other people to get you out of that situation because time and time has proven that when they want you, they will get you. Let us not forget the Khalif Browder story, which I was explaining to somebody. And if you are not familiar with the Khalif Browder story, definitely look that up because it's very, very important that you see these real life stories. If you don't live in a neighborhood where people are being railroaded, then you wouldn't have any idea. And I don't fault you for that. But do your research so that you do have an idea. So that when somebody's talking to you about these things, you're coming from an educated place. You can watch it and not agree with me. But at the very least, you educated yourself on it so that you know all sides. I'm not going to say everybody's always going to agree with me. I personally believe everything's topsy-turvy. I think the people who are constantly being um, put into jail and things like that are not the real criminals. I think the real criminals, honestly, just me, I would rather see these people that are making millions and billions of dollars off of screwing people over whether it's with pharmaceuticals or malpractice or um stealing people's houses and putting them into uh fraudulent type of loans i want to see those people go to jail because they have more impact what is a dude on the corner selling a couple of rocks to somebody who's already addicted how is that worse than creating addiction hey guys there's this brand new drug but what i'm not going to tell you is that your ass is going to be addicted to this shit and when you try to get off of it you're going to have all kinds of crazy side effects sweats 
diarrhea. You're going to feel like you're dying when you try to get off this drug that I'm about to give you because I'm going to convince these doctors because I'm cutting them side deals. I'm going to convince the doctors to start writing you prescriptions for this when I know you're going to get addicted. You know why? Because I'm the biggest drug dealer there is, baby. What is a corner boy to somebody who's selling millions and billions of dollars worth of pharmaceuticals? They demonize the poor people for doing what they need to do or what they have access to do. And they do not give that same energy to the people who are at the top making so much money doing the same thing, yo. They doing the same thing. Same thing. It's crazy. Anyway, listen. This is actually really serious, and I want to take some time talking about this because you know this topic is very near and dear to my heart, and I see a lot of things just in talking to people and hearing people's stories and what people are going through right now. I spend a lot of time on the phone having conversations with people. Um, Addiction. A lot of people have found themselves addicted during this time. And listen, I completely understand. This was a perfect storm of a whole lot of craziness. You have a pandemic, which most of us are not even really taking into account how much the pandemic is actually affecting us mentally. We're going on and on about our days. You know what I mean? We still going to work. We still doing what we need to do. But for real, guys, this is something that's affecting the whole world. And it's heavy. It's scary. And you might not even realize how much anxiety and stress this is putting on you. Uh, Not to mention the people who are dealing with job loss. We have a huge, huge homeless issue right now. Well, there's always been a homeless issue in Philadelphia, but um, the moratorium for evictions was uh, like expired. So right now in Philadelphia, as as I speak to you, Police officers are pushing out people who have basically camped out on one of the freeway greens um, or like one of the causeways. Police are pushing them out. To go where? I have no idea. And from what I'm being told, this location, um, and it's been all over the news. I just can't for the life of myself think of the exact location. Um, There's no concerts going on. There's no big events. There's no parades. Why can't they stay there? Why can't they stay there? So you're telling me that you kicked people out of their homes because they lost jobs, like other millions of people have lost their jobs. Um, You kick them out with nowhere to go. And now they're sleeping on the grass and you kick them out from there to go where? You have no plan for them? My guy, I'm already sleeping on the grass. Like, it's like, where, at what point do you just lose all humanity altogether? I get everybody has a job to do, but geez, why can't you say to, if you have an assignment to push out poor people, say you did it and don't do it. Or at least try to figure out, all right, well, we can push them out. Where are we sending them? Something. These are real people with kids and older people like it's it's like it's it's incredible but anyway 
a lot of people have picked up addictions in this time. Um, listen, I come from that life. I dealt with it. I like, well, I don't like, but I typically say I pretty much dealt with it all my life just because I don't remember ever really having a healthy relationship with my drinking. I always overdid it. Um, but I was always pretty functional. So a lot of people didn't really understand the extent of how bad it was because I did not show that side. For those of you who, who have never dealt with anything like this, a few warning signs to know that it's time to check yourself. Um, drinking and popping pills is not a stress reliever for after work. That's where a lot of people get it effed up. You don't reward yourself with from a stressful day or a hard day at work with a drink. Alcohol and party recreational drugs are supposed to be exactly that, a party, fun, with other people. It is supposed to be a good time. It's not something that you do when you're stressed out, depressed, anxious, or just freaking out. It's, it's not that because you're telling your body, I don't know how to cope with stress. I don't know how to cope with anxiety. I don't know how to cope with this. So I need something to help me get through it. And the more you do it, the more your body becomes reliant on that thing. So for some people, it's alcohol. Oh, I had a stressful day. Work was crazy. <sighs> Crack open a beer. And that starts to become your routine. And what you'll realize is now it is totally your routine where you're planning your day around it. Even if you haven't picked up, you like, I'll put it this way. Even if your intake hasn't become heavier, like let's say you had two beers every single night um, after work and that's just what you did. You never went up, you never went down in terms of what you did. I would see that as being pretty moderate, but you are definitely on the track to having a problem. Because that's exactly what addiction is, is when you start to build the use in your life. So with me, I would plan shit around it. Oh, you know, Nina, do you want to go here or there? In the back of my mind, okay, that's going to be about 730. Mm, that's not going to be fun drinking at that time. I'm not gonna... Literally is how I would be thinking about it. And that's how a lot of people think about it. You start to literally plan your life around it. So there are certain things you cannot do during certain times in the day. Uh, no, nah, I'm just going to chill home. You know, you stop going to things that you used to go to. You're building your life around it. One of the biggest things, too, is once you can't sleep without something, that's how you know you're starting to get effed up. That's how you know it's, it's starting to get real bad. And if, if it hasn't gotten bad already, once you start losing sleep and you cannot get to sleep unless you do X, Y, or Z, and it's an every night occurrence. Listen, we all have times where we can't sleep. You smoke a little bud, you do whatever. We all have our little times that, you know, we just can't sleep. But if it becomes habitual, where every single night you're doing something as your sleeping pill, that's how you know you already getting caught up. Definitely. Um, if you've had a couple of scares where 
you know, uh, something happened and you knew it was because you was you were drunk or you were high or you were whatever. That's where your your life is starting to become out of control. It's one of the first things they ask you when you get um, in AA is this thing that you're doing, has it become unmanageable? That's how you know there are certain things because it takes people a lot to admit that they're addicted. My first couple of AA meetings, I didn't even want to talk. Um, I did not want to say, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm a blank, blank, blank. I did, I did not want to. I wanted to basically do this like it was class and I was going to get a passing grade and then I never had to deal with none of this stuff again. It was just going to magically, nah, it don't work like that because it's usually layers upon layers that you're covering that drug with, you know, mom didn't treat me right. I didn't do good in school. I've always been embarrassed about this. This person put their hands on me. This person did this to me. This per layer, 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 layer. And the only way that you can be okay is by drowning that. If you are hearing anything that I'm saying and you starting to hear yourself in there, it might be Actually, I'm going to say this. It is worth it for you to check out an NA or AA meeting. It is all anonymous. So even if you go in your neighborhood, and I can say this is true, I've never had anyone, anyone ever from AA, and there were people in AA I didn't really care for. Um, I've never had anyone in AA out me to anybody. And I have definitely run into people at jobs. <laughs> at, you know, at stores in the community or whatever. And I've never had anyone out me like, oh, I know her from here. Never. So I'm not saying that's 100% foolproof. But for the most part, if you're there, um, you pretty much in the same boat as everybody else. And nobody wants to have their dignity or their privacy, their autonomy taken away from them. Um, you know, one of the things, too, that I wanted to mention about addiction is if you start feeling weird when you're sober, like being sober is the weird thing and being high or drunk is the right way or the right feeling. Now you you done. You done. It's time. It's definitely time to seek help because being being tipsy and having a good time and joking with your friends and all of that, that's fantastic. Being on vacation, sipping some wine on a boat or on the beach with your little boot thing and y'all check, that's amazing if you can. But when you're at home and you in your room and you hiding bottles and you hiding pills and you're not telling anybody what you're doing and you being all sneaky about it, you already know what the deal is. You already know what the deal is because you're already hiding. You already know you have a problem. My suggestion, just because, you know, in these AA meetings, you meet a lot of people and people come and go. Um, I have seen people in AA just straight up die because they decided to start using drugs or decided to start drinking again. And, and it just got out of control. The thing about drinking that a lot of people don't know is drinking is a progressive disease. So if if I start, I haven't drank in, a, it's going on four years. If I have a drink today 
it's going to take me maybe a day to get exactly back to where I was when I stopped drinking. That's the difference between alcohol and other drugs. So your level is only ever going to keep progressing. It never gets better. For people who say, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to drink beer. I'm not going to go to the hard stuff. I'm just going to do, bro, you're already negotiating with yourself how you can still drink. You creating rules and deals with yourself about how best for you to drink. You, you gone. You already gone. You already there. And it's only a matter of time before incidents keep happening and the incidents always seem to get worse and bigger and more catastrophic and worse. That's why they say you have to hit a bottom. I can, I can tell you that's true for some people and that is not true for other people. Um, I had someone very close to me who I saw do all kinds of crazy stuff lost people to get them back to get lose people and don't have great family relationships and nobody really trust trust you like that and you can't keep a job and you don't you can't keep up spot you don't got a car you don't really have anything you're just kind of floating in the wind um some people never hit their bottom some people just die some people just die and I have known people that have died, and I know people who are still out there getting it. Still out there getting it. It doesn't matter how many times they've been arrested, or how many times they've been dragged through it, or lost this love of their life, or lost this family member because I just can't fool with you no more. Um, some people never hit their bottom. So what I would say is, you're not alone. You're not alone. When I was in AA, there were doctors and lawyers in those meetings. There are judges. And past presidents who have had drug and alcohol issues. I'm sure there are people in clergy who have, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's like COVID. It don't matter who you are. It does not care what your job is or how popping you think you are or how cute you are. It has nothing to do with that. It could take you just like it's taken a lot of other people. And one of the first gifts that you can give to yourself is to be able to look in the mirror and say, I'm ready to change. I don't know what it's going to look like. I might stumble 18 times. Do you think the first time I went into AA, I walked out all perfect? No, it took me a long time to get myself together. I was in a totally different world, a different life. I was not living regular life. Regular life is getting up, having purpose about your day. And fulfilling that purpose, I wasn't doing that. I was floating through life, not knowing and not caring what was coming around the corner. Because the only thing I wanted to do was bury my head under the sand and continue to drink. Because the more I drank, the less I had to worry about things. But the more I drank, the more my problems compounded and the worse things got. You can't bury your head in the sand. Shit just gets worse. The greatest gift that you can give to yourself or someone else that you know is struggling with addiction is to allow them that opportunity to reach out for help. You can't do anything until you do that. And I know it sounds cliche and yeah, everybody says it, but everybody says it because the shit is true. Nobody can make you get into a mindset until you're ready. You gotta be in a mindset. Just like you were in a mindset 
to start getting addicted, you have to be in a mindset to get rid of that. And I know sometimes people do it for their kids and sometimes people do it because they're about to lose the job or lose the wife or lose this. But in order to stay sober, it has to be because you wanted to do it. It has to be because it's coming from you and you want to fix your things. Remember, the only reason you got yourself into this is because there are things that you're not dealing with. And we all have it. But in your case, you went to an outside substance to help you get relief. So the first thing we got to do is figure out why exact, what exactly got you here. You know what I mean? So that's just... That's just a word to the wise. That was definitely calling on my heart. I was watching Lip Service. I don't know if you guys uh, watch that show. That is a podcast that Angela Yee does. And there's a video component to it, too. They're on YouTube. But um, the girl that is one of their hosts, Stephanie, she was talking about her addiction to Percocets. And I keep hearing this more and more. If you know someone that is struggling, there's a couple of things. Let them know that you're not going to judge them and that you are there for them when they're ready to get help. But do not internalize their stuff. And I would say if you're in a relationship with an addict, and this is coming from an addict, if you're in a relationship with an addict, leave. Addicts are selfish. I was selfish. As much as I have a big heart and I'm one of the sweetest people, I always, I really get joy from helping people. I get joy from solving for, uh, from from solving problems for people. I actually do. I know it sounds corny, but I just, I love it. Like I love being able to solve things for people. I love being able to help someone out. Um, and I always try to make myself available to that or for that. But when I was addicted, please, it was about me as much as I would sometimes present like sweetness. I wasn't all evil. Of course, you know, I still dated. I still had girlfriends. I still had, you know, my life was, still moving. Um, and, uh, you know, I never have, I've never had problems with, with women with, you know, um, but I hurt a lot of people too. You know, I hurt a lot of people because when you love somebody and they're addicted, there is no other pain than that. And I can say that because I've personally gone through it since being in recovery. Um, and I've had conversations with my exes, as many of them as I could, you know, obviously sometimes you just do too much damage and people don't want to F with you no more. And I totally respect that. Absolutely. I take everything that I put out, um, I'll take it. And I just continue to pray that hopefully that forgiveness will be there one day. Um, but as an addict, you are very, very selfish. You can't help but be, you have this thing. That is constantly on your mind all the time. You have this thing that basically haunts you around. It's like having an invisible ghost just riding on your back. Tapping tapping you on your shoulder like, where the hell you think you're going? No, no, no. You know what time it is. Uh-uh. It don't matter what she trying to say. I don't care if she needs help. I don't care if she loves you. So, it, this is about me and you. When she's gone, you're going to have me. That's really what it's like. That is really what it's like. So I would tell somebody if they're in a relationship with someone who is an addict, do the best that you can to let them know that you're not going to judge them. Obviously, married couples are different. People with children are different. Um, 
But if you're just a single person who doesn't have kids with someone and you just so happen to fall in love with someone who is addicted, do yourself and them a favor, leave. Because you leaving might be that little bit of difference that they need to be like, damn, like, I just lost a whole girlfriend off of this stuff. You know what I mean? You could be that person, but you got to be strong about it. Um, Because addicts will lie to your ass and addicts will lie. I'm telling you from, from, you know, from personal experience, they will finesse you. They will, you know, pull on them heartstrings. You're going to leave me like this? You know how it is. So, um, and more importantly, um, just, you know, one of my final thoughts about this, um, finding a higher power. I, I don't care what your relationship was with God when you were a kid. I don't care what your relationship was with God last year. Building a very solid foundation with your higher power is everything. If you are not doing that, there's no point for you to even be here because without that, it is meaningless. And that might be some of the reason why you feel the way that you feel and you need these extra coping mechanisms to get through your traumas because you have no sense of purpose. This life is about being of service to other people. It's not actually about getting jobs and wearing clothes and getting this car or having this house. We just made all that stuff up. Somewhere along the line, we just decided that this is what's popular and this is where you should strive to live and you gotta look like this guy and you gotta look like this chick. We made all that shit up. What this is really about is about being of service to the people that you love being of service to the people who are around you, being of service to coworkers, fam, you know, people up the street, knowing who your neighbors are, giving back. It's not just about you. And you're not alone. There's a huge, beautiful, beautiful universe out there with infinite possibilities if you are willing to tap in. So if you're listening to this and you are currently struggling, you're not alone. You're not alone at all. There are so many people in every city, state, every corner of the world that is dealing with exactly what you're dealing with, and they want to talk to you and help you get through because someone talked to them and helped them get through. You're never alone. So I'll leave you guys with that, and i leave you with the challenge of being of service to someone. doesn't have to be someone who is an addict, but like I said, people are losing their homes, they're losing their jobs. We in a real, a real big pickle, guys. Like there's a lot of stuff happening and people's lives are being destroyed. So if you have an opportunity in the next two weeks before I check with you again, and we're going to have a dope show in two weeks, take the opportunity. Take the opportunity to be of service to somebody. Check on someone you haven't checked on in a while. If you know someone who suffers from depression or has had addiction in the past, now is the time to check in with them. Now really is the time. If there ever was a time in recent past, 2020 is the time. You know, if you see somebody walking across the street and you can decide to either stop and let them cross or just try to speed along, stop. Stop and let them cross. If you see an older lady and her bags dropped or something like that, stop your car, get out your car and help her with her bags. If you have extra food in your pantry, 
and you know that there's a single mom that lives downstairs or down the hall or whatever, send her a letter, knock on her door with a mask. Hey, I don't, you know, we don't know each other, but I had some extra things. I know that you're a single parent. I just wanted to check with you and see if you were okay because I've been a single parent or I was raised by a single parent and you know, I know how hard it is. Like you ain't out here alone, sis. I'm not saying I got the world, but I got this couple of things that I just wanted to see if you need it. Little things like that is what's going to make the difference. Everybody, listen, I'm telling every single person to vote, but regardless of what politics happen, we save us. People save us. Good natured people save us. It's people going out of their way, doing, being of service, being of God, being of the, the teachings of Jesus, if you are a Christian, or the teachings of many religious leaders. Compassion, being of service. You see, you know, you drive past the, the transportation center every day and it's a hot day. Grab a couple of waters from your refrigerator and give them out. Just stop real quick. Hey, bro, there you go. Have a good day. You see somebody on the corner, they look homeless. They don't have a mask. Hey, bro, I just want to check. You got a mask? Buy a pack of, of white tees. You see somebody homeless? Hey, listen, I want to inform you. I just wanted to give you a t-shirt um, and, and wish you well. I see you, you know, but that's just my little two cents, people. We need a lot more compassion if we're going to get through this, regardless of who is in office. This is what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to people being neighbors again, checking out for each other and doing the right thing by each other. It's going to come down to families being reunited again, checking on each other and being there for each other. Oh, I wanted to leave you guys with one last thing. I am so proud of one of my little cousins. She started a cosmetic line. Um, I'm, I mean, a lot of people have been pushing, you know, start your own business, start your own business. Um, and I just wanted to let you guys know what her information was. She's young. She's smart. She is a go-getter. This girl is going places, all right? And I want you to support her because this is what it's all about. Encourage the people who are doing the right thing. Not criticize people when they choose to do the wrong thing because there was nobody there to support them when they was doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? So support our young people. Uh, it's called Nani's Cosmetics underscore N A N I S dot Cosmetics C O S M E T I C T underscore. So underscore Nani's dot Cosmetics underscore. Check her out. Like and subscribe on Instagram. The pictures are there. Her, her, all of her stuff is for sale. It's so cute and perfect if you have a little girl or you just a snazzy ass bitch yourself. You know what I mean? You need a little glossy. I'm, I'm a little more tomboyish than that, but I am going to be purchasing a few and giving them away just as advertisements um, so people know that my little cousin is out there. But definitely support that. Support our young people, guys. Listen, everybody be blessed. Make sure you like, subscribe, um, share this episode with someone that you think needs to hear it. 
If anybody needs any resources in terms of how to catch a meeting online, if you just want to see what AA is like, um, NA information or anything like that, feel free to email the show at spicypecampodcast.com. That was just weighing very heavy on my heart, so I had to speak on it, and I appreciate you guys for listening. Listen, pump the show, guys. I love y'all. Thanks so much for the support. Oh, and check out the Etsy shop. We out here. Um, I love the designs that we have. Make sure you're supporting positivity. Thank you for listening. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Spicy Pecan Podcast. This is a wonderful new media production.